Hello, and welcome to Next Reads, a podcast where we read the first chapter of a young adult or middle grade book to help you figure out what to read next. The North Liberty Library does not necessarily endorse any author's views, but it does support the freedom of speech and the freedom to read. This podcast might contain language or situations some listeners might find offensive or unsettling. I am your host, Erin, Youth and Teen Services Librarian at the North Liberty Library. My pronouns are she and her. Welcome, listeners. For today's book, I am going to be reading from the young adult book. I think it skews a little bit lower, so not like 10th, 11th, 12th grade teen, more like 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth grade teen books. And it is called Long Live the Pumpkin Queen by Shay Earnshaw. And if any of you have seen Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas, this book is all about Sally. So it's got a picture of her on the cover, which I love. Okay, so Jack and Sally are truly meant to be, or are they? Sally Skellington is the official newly minted pumpkin queen after a whirlwind courtship with her true love, Jack. Sally adores Jack with every inch of her fabric seams. If only she could say the same for her new role as queen of Halloween Town. Cast into the spotlight and tasked with all sorts of queenly duties, Sally can't help wondering if she's traded her captivity under Dr. Finkelstein for a different, albeit gilded, cage. But when Sally and Zero accidentally uncover a long-hidden doorway to an ancient realm called Dreamtown, she unknowingly sets in motion a chain of sinister events that will put her future as Pumpkin Queen and the future of Halloween Town itself in jeopardy. Can Sally discover what it means to be true to herself and save the town she's learned to call home? Or will her future turn into her worst, well, nightmare? All right, so there is a prologue. At the crisp, inky hour of midnight, Jack and I are married atop Spiral Hill in the Death's Door Cemetery. Wind stirs the bone-dry leaves, and Jack takes my soft ragdoll hands in his, the coolness of his fingers calming the flutter rippling across my stitched seams. The mayor stands broad-chested before us, officiating the ceremony, his face alternating between corkscrew-eyed elation and pale, ghastly tears, while we speak our vows to each other in the grim custom of ancient wedding eulogies. The moon is a bloody red in the sky, a good omen, and a wilted oleander flower plucked from a patch of poison ivy at the far end of Halloween Town is tucked just behind my left ear, a custom that ensures a long, dreadful life. I squeeze Jack's hands tighter, his black tuxedo tails sway in the cold night air, while my dress, stitched from a scrap of black spinster lace, sewn myself the night before, billows like a ghost in the breeze. Cautiously, my gaze flicks to the crowd, where I can feel the cold, spiteful eyes of Dr. Finkelstein watching me from the front row, mouth quivering with fury now that I am finally escaping him once and for all. I am no longer your creation, I think, words knitted in my chest. It seems unimaginable that barely a year ago, I feared I might spend my life trapped in Dr. Finkelstein's lab, fated to only ever watch Jack from afar, loving him but certain he would never know the ache I felt whenever he looked my way. But after Jack tried to steal Christmas from Sandy Claus, after he nearly died venturing to the human world to deliver our grim presents on Christmas Eve, with Zero leading his sleigh of skeleton reindeer, a plan I sensed was doomed from the start. I knew I couldn't spend my life without him. I knew I wouldn't waste another night. 
Under a dark, snow-flecked sky, Jack and I walked out to the cemetery, his moon-hollow eyes sinking, sinking into mine. And at last, after a lifetime of loving him from afar, my ragdoll heart aching to know what it would feel like if he ever loved me back, we shared our first kiss on the crest of Spiral Hill, the same place where we now stand, hand in hand. The mayor's face spins back around to reveal his wide, toothy grin, his black widow bow tie eerily shiny in the moonlight, and he announces Jack and me as husband and wife, voice bellowing over the crowd. Jack leans forward, eyes damp at the edges, and presses his grave cold mouth to mine, and my seams feel like they're going to fray and burst, like they can't contain this swollen, chest-widening feeling rupturing through me, a feeling so strange and unknown and peculiar that it makes me dizzy, makes my head swim, my legs teeter. Jack and I are married. He wipes away the tears streaming down my cotton cheekbone to my chin and looks at me like his own chest is about to fracture. And for a moment, I'm certain they should just bury us both here at the center of the graveyard, married and died on the same day, unable to contain the unspeakable, awful, wondrous emotion breaking against our eyelids. The dreadful residents of Halloween Town applaud, tossing tiny dwarf spiders at our feet as we leave the cemetery, and the warmth in my chest feels like bats clamoring for a way out of my ribcage, trying to break me apart. I am now Sally Skellington, the Pumpkin Queen, and I'm certain I will never again be as happy as I am right now. Chapter 1. The evening skyline of Halloween Town is dotted with tiny pinholes of starlight, and across the town square, pumpkins glow a sinister copper orange. From Jack's house atop Skull Hill, the town looks different, draped in long, finger-like shadows. The air smells different, too, like black licorice and raven wings and a little like pumpkin jam. Nothing like the foul stench of sodium chloride and rubbing alcohol that permeates Dr. Finkelstein's lab, a place that was once my home, but also a prison. The memory of it churns inside me, entwined with a feeling of stark relief that I will never again sleep inside that cold observatory, never lie awake alone in a narrow, moth-eaten bed, staring through a tiny window up at Jack's house in the distance, daydreaming of living within its walls someday. It feels like a fairy tale from one of those happily ever after books where the princess storms the castle, slays a goblin dragon, and takes over the kingdom for herself. Except I am not golden-haired or fine-boned. I have no bones at all. I'm a ragdoll who married a skeleton king. A ragdoll who woke from the impossible daydream and found herself in her own heroine story. A tale whose ending hasn't yet been written, but instead is only just beginning. I leave the terrace overlooking the town and move back into the bedroom I now share with Jack, facing the tall, spiderweb-cracked mirror leaning against the slanted wall. I run my fingers through my hair, pulling it forward over my shoulders. The scarlet strands so coffin straight that they could never be coiled or quaffed or pinned up with bat bows. I press my palms against my patchwork dress, staring at my reflection in the glass. The crossed seams along my chest, the smile seams at the corner of my mouth, the places where Dr. Finkelstein stitched me together, needle and thread and sinister midnight conjurings. His creation, made in the dark, damp shadows of his lab. A dead leaf pokes out from the seam along the inside of my left elbow, my stuffing coming loose, and I quickly push it back into place. My threads need to be restitched, leaves gathered and restuffed. You ready? Jack asks. I turn, and he's standing in our bedroom doorway, holding a black velvet suitcase, 
the bottomless caverns of his eyes like graves I would happily tumble into, down, 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 forever without end. A spider, a remnant of the wedding, skitters free from inside the suitcase and runs along the handle before it drops to the floor and falls into a crack. I'd wanted to gather herbs from the garden, nightshade, and bottle thorns to take with us just in case. But Jack assured me that I wouldn't need such things on our honeymoon. Potions and poisons aren't necessary outside of Halloween Town, he had said. There would be no need to poison or put anyone into a deathly sleep. But it's hard for me to imagine a world where such things aren't needed. I turned to smile at Jack, the seams on my cheeks stretching wide, and placed my hand around the sturdy bones of his arm. My husband. The man I have loved for so long, at times it felt like it might crack me open, and together we step out into the cool twilight of Halloween Town. At the front gate of our home, guarded by two iron cats, spines raised, Jack pushes open the gate to face the waiting crowd, eager to catch a glimpse of the newly married king and queen, and he clears his throat. My wife Sally and I are off on our honeymoon, he announces, grinning, showing all his corn kernel teeth. We'll be back tomorrow. If anything should happen, the mayor will be in charge. The mayor, who stands beside one of the fanged metal cats, jerks his shoulders back at the same moment. His face spins around, revealing the downturned slope of his crooked mouth and the deep worry in his small eyes. Is that such a good idea, Jack? He asks nervously. Perhaps someone else should be in charge. Or maybe we should elect a committee. I'm not sure I can make decisions if an important matter were to arise. Or you could delay the honeymoon until after Halloween. It's only two weeks away, he reminds Jack. Spring is a perfect time for a trip. Or better yet, just skip the honeymoon altogether. He'll do great, Jack says, clapping the mayor on the shoulder. The mayor briefly reveals his smiling face, as if for half a second he believes he's up for the task, before his features swivel back around, lips a grim blue, worry rimming his terror-struck eyes. But Jack is unfazed by the mayor's apprehension. It's nothing new, and we make our way through the crowd. Jack shaking hands, accepting the congratulations of the townspeople who shuffle close, too close, crushing against us, hands reaching out to see us off. But I slink back. The eyes of everyone on me feels like thorny stabs across my linen flesh, pulling me apart bit by bit. I'm not used to the attention, the whites of their eyes like hollowed out ghosts, peering into my empty soul, judging, appraising. Sally the rag doll, our pumpkin queen. There's a festering thought inside me. Perhaps they'll think I'm not worthy of the title. A rag doll should never be queen. A rag doll who should go back to the darkness of Dr. Finkelstein's lab, cold and solitary and alone. They look at me like they're considering eating me whole. Some of them probably would, but then I catch a flash of white to my left and Zero appears, pushing through the onlookers to nudge me in the elbow with his glowing jack-o'-lantern nose, and I stroke his ghostly white coat, the soft, transparent feel of his fur, his sagging ears. The tightness in my chest calms, and he smiles his loose, open dog grin. To Zero, I'm no different than I was yesterday, before I married Jack, before I became queen. With Zero hovering at my side, I follow Jack through the town center, ducking through the last of the crowd, just as Lock, Shock, and Barrel, also known woefully as Boogie's Boys, shout, we'll miss you, pumpkin queen. They've removed their trick-or-treat disguises, revealing their true faces, which are somewhat perplexingly identical to their masked facades, and they grin like the young children they are. Yet there is always a sly, crafty undertone hidden in their shimmering eyes that can't ever be trusted. 
It isn't their grins or their scheming giggles that send a chill down the uneven stitching of my spine, however. It's the name they called me, Pumpkin Queen. It's the first time I've heard it said out loud, and it rings in my ears all the way into the forest, to the hinterlands, and the grove of seven trees. Are you sure it's safe? I asked Jack, his face marred by shadows from the towering spiny branches overhead. There was no wind on our walk through the woods, yet now the circle of trees shivers and vibrates, beckoning us closer. Jack taps a finger on the broad tree with a perfect heart, painted a buttery pink carved at the center. We are standing in the circular grove of seven trees that lead to seven holidays, where last year Jack slipped into Christmas Town and kidnapped Sandy Claus. I've never been outside Halloween Town, never ventured beyond its borders, and I spin around now, slightly breathless, marveling at each strange carved tree, each with its own peculiar doorway. A green four-leaf clover adorns the tree for St. Patrick's Day, a red firework for the 4th of July, a giant turkey marks entrance to Thanksgiving, a pale painted egg for Easter, a Christmas tree with tiny baubles and lights leads to Christmas Town, and lastly, a grinning orange pumpkin for our home, Halloween Town. After a pause, Jack steps toward the painted heart doorway, a pink and white striped box set near the trunk of the tree. Of course, he answers, and I can hear the excitement in his voice. He's been to all the holidays, all the towns, except this one. He's been saving this tree for me. I imagine Valentine's Town will be more wondrous than all the rest, and now we'll see it together. He kisses the back of my hand, eyes tumbling into mine, then he tugs open the heart-shaped door nested in the trunk of the tree. A wind coils out from inside, soft and warm, smelling faintly of sugar cookies and wild roses. I've never smelled anything so wondrous. Still, nervously, I spin the bone-white wedding band on my finger, my eyes tracing the deadly nightshade vines engraved along the outer edge, a plant that has meant freedom for me, a way to escape Dr. Finkelstein each time I poisoned him with nightshade from the garden. You are free now, I reminded myself, because although there is a buzzing of curiosity in my chest, there are also nervous crow wings flapping in my stomach. But when I lift my gaze to Jack, his moonless eyes settle the restless crows and the corners of my mouth tip upward. I trust you, I say, because I do more than anything. Jack nods, stepping his long spidery legs through the opening into the tree and pulls me in after him. And that is the end of the chapter. So if you like takes on characters in movies, this is perfect for you. I like that Sally is getting her own little backstory here. So feel free to check it out. If that is not your cup of tea, also fine. Other books are just around the corner waiting to be checked out. Check the show notes for books with similar themes. And I hope you join me next time for another Next Reads.